Cleveland Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. As always, Locked On Browns. This is your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, guys, follow the show, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, I, I love all the reaction. Obviously, you guys really enjoyed the postgame show yesterday. Um, it is always a blast to do the postgame show after a win. Two in a row now, now four on the season. Uh, I, I do love all the feedback. You guys appreciate you know the effort that me and Peter are putting into it. Uh, even with a late start of getting out last night, obviously you guys are still thoroughly enjoying it. And guys, trust me, as much as you guys enjoy listening to it, we enjoy doing it, especially as after a win, especially after the beatdown yesterday. And, of course, you know, to Marius Randall with all the swag in the world, free food and drink in Cleveland for the rest of his life. Uh, joining us here tomorrow uh, tonight, uh, we do these once-a-month sit-downs. Uh, it's been about a month or so since Jeff Risden. I think it was right around when Hugh got fired or right before, but we're going to get into this tonight. Uh, Lions Wire, Texans Wire, Browns Wire, uh, Real GM. Jeff's got a lot of hats. Uh, he's a big guy, though, so he can get away with it. Jeff Risden, my buddy, my friend. How you been, pal? It's very good to be with you, Jeff, and talking about a win because uh, my other team that I'm covering right now isn't doing so well, so it's fun to have a a team that's actually doing some winning. And, Are the Lions uh, doing it in impressive fashion? Yeah. Are the Lions playing the Rams this week? Yes, they are. Oh, sweet <laughs> Jesus! I mean, that's just that's just not going to be good for anybody. Because I saw a blimp of that. Because I saw something about Talib coming back, and I was and they, it, they met, I was like, oh, good lord! I mean, good luck Galladay with seven. Uh, Kenny Galladay is having a nice, nice second year, but uh, there's going to be about seven guys on you because I don't think there's anybody else. So, uh, you know, I, you know, guys. Yeah, yeah they, they, they put Marvin Jones on injured reserve today, so it's going to be the Kenny Galladay show. Uh, yeah, guys, if you want to. It'll be interesting. Guys, you want an early <laughs> MyBookie. If you want an early MyBookie.com, there you go. You might want to take the Rams, and I don't care what the points no are. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, so that game, it opened at 7.5 this morning. It's already over 10. <laughs> and I don't care where it is. I think it's going to be closer to 15, 16 by the time they actually kick it off. Um, guys, but we are going to get to it here. Jeff, let's start yesterday. Uh, look, uh, as the week went on, I was a little nervous because midweek there was the talk of A.J. Green maybe could play, which seemed weird because it seemed like he was on the shelf till December and maybe he would be able to play if there was a playoff run to be had. Um, look, I don't think you're going to see A.J. Green again now in 2018 with Andy Dalton out. I will give some credit to Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. I thought he handled himself pretty well, uh, you know, came in, fought. But uh, just, you know, some thoughts here. Look, offensively, the hue factor everything into it and look it could have been I mean there there was there were things you had to deal with uh you maybe you wanted to change some calls at the line maybe some audibles those are things that Hugh could have helped with but you know anything that went on in that first half yesterday it did nothing to help Hugh Jackson in any case in any media tour that he did to make himself look any better that first half was just an absolute whitewashing and here was a guy who was supposed to have first hand knowledge of what this team was going to do you know, it was funny. There was the competing narratives of, of is Hugh going to help the Bengals figure out the Browns or is Hugh going to be the detriment and, and the Browns are going to have the motivation to show him up. And it was so clearly the latter from the opening drive of the game. Uh, I, I love the fact that, that they went for it and, and seized the jugular like that and, and didn't stop biting at it. You know, the, there was some clearly some bad blood. Uh, they, there was a lot of players. You know, there were some that were, you know, like that post game handshake after Baker sort of blew off, you know, you saw Jannard Avery come up to him and give him some love, and and Ogbo was up there, and but the, the feelings that Demarius Randall talked about during the week, and then showed up in the game, uh, and, and some other guys did a little bit more subtly. Um, it, it was very obvious that they didn't respect Hugh Jackson's presence as a coach, 
and didn't appreciate the fact that they, it was clear they felt he was responsible for why the team didn't succeed, um, that, that he was holding them back. And they wanted to show what they could do to him personally. Um, you know, hey, we were better than you. Um, and, and, you know, here, take this middle finger and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. That's, that's how that first half went. Well, and the, it was yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun to watch that because you know, I, I, I as someone I liked Hugh Jackson personally when he was hired. I thought it was a good choice. I quickly realized the error of my ways, and I think most people have come around to that line of thinking now. And and if you still are defending Hugh Jackson now, I I don't know what to tell you because uh, you're not going to pass a drug test, so I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing, and we were joking yesterday, I mean, for Hugh, for 2019, uh, you know, look, I heard Canada's nice. They got pro football up there. If you like uh, East Chip, Jaboise State, you know, look, maybe they could use an offensive coordinator or a guru down there. Um, but yeah. and, and, and why Baker didn't give the hug back? He did these media tours, and he made the mistake of saying, well, maybe Baker wasn't far enough along. He, boom! Jeet, that is where you lost any chance at the hug. Jannard Avery, a fine Southern boy, grew up on the farm. Even if he didn't want to, raised that way. You you made the point of saying at one point, well, maybe Baker wasn't far enough along. That was it, man. And I'll tell you right now, and if we're learning anything with Baker Mayfield, the more and more, if you were one of these doubters at any point, you don't get back in. You're out. It's over. It's done. And, you know, you know, and whatever went on with Damian Woody, Woody and he needs to be a professional... I love the fact that they're going to hold the 23-year-old accountable for what you need to know as a full-grown family man. But every, Hugh Jackson just get another pass. I mean, I don't know if it's a race thing or whatever, but as many people as Hugh Jackson has run over for anybody to come to his defense at any point, it's just not right. No, it's not. And I, I like the way that Baker does that. If you're trying to break a losing culture, you need somebody uh-huh. who's going to do that sort of defiant authority and not be afraid to be the lightning rod. And there's got to be an edge to it. Exactly. There's got to yeah. be an edge to it. I love it. I, I think it's great. Uh, he's going to make some mistakes. He, he wasn't perfect in this game, although he looked pretty darn good. But, yeah, that, that's that's what this season is about, is, is finding out who's with Baker, who can play with Baker, who's going to buy into Baker, because uh, he is clearly the, the future um, again, I, I do think there are some Browns fans who are getting a little ahead of themselves with Baker. Uh-huh. Um, yes, he's been great, but no, no he is not flawless. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's going to rear his head when you play better teams than the Bengals. I mean, that, that Bengals team, they didn't, they didn't have a lot going on. I mean, they're linebackers. My God, they're terrible. Uh, so th- there was a lot of things that they could have exploited very well. And, and I like the fact that Greg Williams went after that. Freddie Kitchens went after that. Baker Mayfield went after that. And and they kept doing it, and that's you know, it, it, the the culture change that has to happen is happening. You can either be happy about it and get on with Baker, or you can you know sulk about it and and worry about where Hugh Jackson is going to wind up next. That it's a, it's an easy choice for me. I I, I don't understand why. Um, yeah yeah maybe it is a little bit brash and that's not something you're used to. But uh, remember when LeBron came to Cleveland, and, and mm-hmm. this is more for for the Cavalier fans. Um, which is, you know, I'm actually wearing a cap sweatshirt right now. So uh, I, I remember the year before LeBron and the years before LeBron and the Mike Fratello years and how they were boring and everything. And, and then when LeBron came, everybody's like, oh, we're, we're a little bit worried that we're, you know, we're, we're, he, he's, he's called himself the king. He's brash. 
you know, he went straight to the NBA, you know, called his own shot, you know, had shoe companies auctioning for him and, and lived it up very publicly that way. And it was worth it. And it was worth it very quickly. And I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is going to do to the NFL what LeBron James did to the, to the NBA, but he's a lot closer to doing that than any, anybody that the Browns have had in years and years and years, um, if, if ever in my lifetime. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm thrilled with it, man. I'm, I'm I'm happy to see him building on it, and I'm happy to see him owning being the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and wearing that as a badge of honor and not something that is a temporary status. Yeah, well, I mean, and the other thing, though, with LeBron, it was funny, was well, well, this was the guy with the Hummer incident, and he shows up at a game with a remote-control Hummer. Look, when you're trying to shatter years of a poor image I mean, it's you know like the old adage of tipping over a soda machine. You rock that sucker till it smashes to pieces. And Baker Mayfield, and this is the thing. And you know when John Dorsey said it, look, we brought somebody here who could deal with the dysfunction. Baker's already dealt with the dysfunction, got it out of here, and is already changing. And it's not even Christmas. It's not even Christmas yet, Jeff. And he's changed all of this. And this team, as they are headed to 2019, they're probably going to finish the season walking out of here. Looking for a head coach, like I've said to the, you know many of the listeners, you haven't even signed a free agent, haven't even gotten a draft, and they know that they are the second best team in the AFC North. That's what they've done just from August till now. Now imagine when you get some more pieces in here, you upgrade your head coach, you get some free agents, some more younger players. It's you know it, it's all signs to where you are headed, and it's you know it, it is good times in that regards. Guys, we're going to get here to some Freddie Kitchens. We're going to get here to Greg Williams and some different things we've seen here with Jeff Risden. Um, guys, like I said, this uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Action Heat. Um, Action Heat uh, clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to uh, the way your heated car seats would work. Jeff would know being in Michigan, obviously. The heated car seats, they're key, guys. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to charge your phone. Uh, Action Heat batteries uh, to, to recharge your phone, keep you going that way as well as keeping you warm. Perfect for any friend or family uh, for any holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody who loves the outdoors and hates being cold, or anybody who coaches a bunch of youth soccer like I do, and your season runs close to Thanksgiving. You need some fine, you need to find a way to stay warm, guys. Action Heat is available in men's and women's, and has great new styles and models released for this winter. Make winter and outdoor activities much more enjoyable, safer, and just you able to extend the memories with Action Heat, uh, you know, outdoor apparel. Um, with this Action Heat, guys, we will give you a promo code of Locked On, all caps, one word, Locked On. Uh, go ahead, your first major purchase that you make, go ahead, use 20%, whatever you want to use it for Christmas. But guys, I do use it. It, it, it. You get the warmth that you need. It makes it easier to function outside. I do spend most of my 9 to 5 outside. Action Heat has become a, per, uh, a pertinent part of you know what I wear to survive. Action Heat, guys, like I said, your first purchase Use the uh, promo code locked on, all lowercase, one word, to get 20% off. Thanks to uh, Action Heat, and we appreciate the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Now, Jeff, as we're moving on here with uh, what's been going on, Freddie Kitchens, you know, here was a guy that was just like, look, all right, there's nobody left, Freddie. You're going to guide us through here. And there's a lot more to Freddie Kitchens than I think anybody realized. Uh, creativity, um, the old. 
that a mix of the old type of coach and the new type of coach where he's going to sit down with his players get feedback which is smart because what do you do you know like anything you dangle a carrot so that way when you need a player to do a little bit more than he's whether he's comfortable with or a little bit more than he's normally used to you can get that out of him but Freddie Kitchens I mean here's a guy who was just basically handed the play sheet get us through the rest of the 18 season and now I'm hearing rumors University of Tennessee is maybe looking for an offensive coordinator. And Freddie Kitchens, just in a couple of weeks, obviously working with Baker Mayfield and some pieces in Cleveland, is building himself up a nice little resume quickly. He really is. And and it's funny because it's it's still Todd Haley's basic playbook with, with a little bit of Hugh Jackson influence in it. But you're seeing you know, the, the different formations, the different personnel groupings. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed, they, they're using two tight ends more often, but they're using them like Orson Charles is playing almost as a straight fullback. And you're seeing the, the, them using David Njoku as a blocker and Darren Fells as a receiver to confuse the defense. That That's fraught with peril because if it doesn't work, you're going to look really stupid. But if it does, and it has been, it looks brilliant. And I I love the innovativeness. I love the, the freshness. I love the the willingness to use all the, the tools in the shed, but uh, especially the fact that he's playing to Baker Mayfield's strengths and playing to Nick Chubb's strengths. And uh, the other thing that I got to say is he has figured out how to get Greg Robinson to be an acceptable left tackle in the NFL. I can say he's good, uh, but he's, as somebody who watched every snap that he played multiple times last year with the Detroit Lions, he is a different guy. Uh, th- this was a guy who, who didn't belong in the NFL period last year. And the fact that he's pretty good in pass protection, uh, I'm not going to say that he's great, but he's looked pretty good. He looked fine yesterday against the Bengals. That's something that Kitchens has done. They're, they're rolling the pocket away from him. Um, when, when, when he's lined up, and it's a different sort of look for him, like if he has to get an outside linebacker who's going to be his blocking responsibility on the play instead of a, a, a hand-in-the-dirt end. They're putting a tight end or flexing it in or switching the protection so the running back goes to his side. Those are smart little nuanced things that a lot of teams, they don't necessarily do that right away. And the fact that Baker can identify it as a rookie quarterback is good. And the fact that J.C. Treader is out there as a fantastic center playing through a nasty injury uh, and doing well doing it, I think that, that, that helps a lot. It, it's funny how, how simple it sounds, but putting your best players in position to do the things they do best it, it seems like it's a revolutionary concept in coaching, um, but it's something that, that Freddie Kishes is certainly doing it, and I think Greg Williams has done a better job of that as on the defensive side since he's also been the head coach, which is weird because I wasn't crazy at first about Greg Williams getting that job, but I, I, I like the merits of it, and I like the fact that he has that head coaching experience. You know, He understands how to run meetings, how to conduct the whole team. I think that's a relief a little bit for Kitchens, too, and that's – you know, if you put Freddie Kitchens in in a different situation where he's there with a, a rookie head coach who hasn't done this before, I'm not sure he's going to to swim the way he is now. He might sink a little bit. So it it was a smart move. It was a smart pairing by John Dorsey, uh, and, I, and I give him a lot of credit for identifying the talent there because yeah, Kitchens he's going to be a hot commodity this this off season. I don't think he should get a head coaching job, but my God, I, I want him to stay in Cleveland as the offensive coordinator. Doesn't matter who they get as a head coach because he's. He's clearly shown some chemistry with, with Baker and with Chubb and, and the ability to create very good offensive sets and systems and the ability to attack the defense the way you want to see. So I'm, I, I'm, I love Freddie, man. It, it's been great watching him. 
And like you said, first things first. Now, uh, Greg Robinson, obviously now with this, you know, I believe the third straight start. Um, the one thing we were a little nervous of was you know, the pass pro. You know, you know, actually, well, I mean, the pass pro has been good, the run blocking, but pass pro this week, yeah, a grade yeah. of over <laughs> seven, a grade of over seventy-five from PFF. This is Greg Robinson we're talking about. You know, a guy. You know, we're kind of. You know, I mean, he is basically a draft punchline. Uh, even you know, uh, even Bashard Perriman, another draft punchline. Finding a way yes. to contribute here. And this is great because you want to see, look, if you, if you can find some first-rounders, 24, 25 years old, whose careers are you know, basically a step away from over or Canada or what are you going to do with the next phase of your life, and they are getting an opportunity to be involved like this, it, it, it's great to see because you know, kind of like how Darius Hayward Bay now is in his, what, 11th, 12th year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy who it didn't work out for, but look, it, I, I can find a way to contribute somehow, some way, and you're getting that from both of these guys. And Freddie, whether it's wishbone looks, and it's the wishbone where he options Duke to, you know, right off of the, you know, outside of the tackle. You know, he was able to get a big completion that way yesterday. Um, David Njoku, and we talked about the blocking. David Njoku's PFF grade yesterday was absolutely insane. Graded out overall at 93. Almost 90s across the board. Because you, you're taking this guy and realizing, look, you're big, athletic. I'm not going to ask you to drive block. I'm going to ask you to chip. I'm going to ask you just to, you know, somebody's going to come on a rush. Just make sure you just get him out of the way. And just make things easier for what these guys do. Greg Williams has kind of been doing this on the defensive side of the ball. Like, he got it this year. Last year, he didn't have a choice. Jabril Peppers had to play out of position. Jabril Peppers now playing within five to eight yards of the line of scrimmage. You see so much more of an effective player. And this is where I think Greg Williams being the current head coach, interim head coach, I I don't think he's going to stay as the interim head coach. I think he'd be totally fine staying as defensive coordinator. I think the Browns would be totally cool with it. But Greg Williams, who kind of carries a little bit of that outlaw mentality, and what you saw from Baker, and what you saw from Baker yesterday, you kind of saw a little bit of the outlaw mentality. So I think you know when you you know as wow, are we really going to give Greg this team over this next? And but now you see it though, you know Miles Garrett is just a beast on the these guys. And and one thing I kept saying with it, Jeff, is you can't. BS, young kids. Jeff, you got kids. I got kids. You can't talk to them like we were taught to when we were children. They see right through it. You got to find a way to be honest. Greg Williams, it may, you know, if it's a 15 word, two sentences, 12 of them may be words that got to be bleeped out, but they would rather the honesty and you tell them exactly what is up than to sugarcoat stuff or talk around them or act like they don't know what's going on. And that's what Greg Williams, because, you know, Greg Williams is going to call a spade a spade, and he's got no problem with that. But that is what is better with kids who are as smart as these people, these young guys are at 21, 22, 23, 24. That's more what they relate to. They just give it to me honest. And it's just great to see to this point. And it's obviously had a major, major impact and obviously, it's over four weeks, you know, with, with the first Chiefs game, then the then the Falcons in the bye week. But four weeks through now, you're starting to see a major difference, and maybe more of fifty whatever guys dress. It, it is all for one on game day. Yeah, there's definitely a a family and and an us against the world type of mentality that's uniting a lot of very talented and disparate personalities together into one unit that's that's a culture change right there jeff that's what we're talking about earlier that's what you want to see uh, i'm with you i i do i hope they keep both coordinators in place and and you know i've not been a huge greg williams fan i, I did not like the angel look last year um now I, I i tend to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt that he didn't have all the pieces that he needed 
Uh, Demarius Randall has been an absolute godsend to this team, as has Denzel Ward. And I think that just really helps, you know, justify, okay, I, I sort of believe Greg now when he said, you know, I had to do it because I didn't have anybody who could do it. I, all right, I, I see that now. Uh, and he and Kitchens seem to have a good chemistry together. I loved it. There was a play yesterday. I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was the the field reverse. And, mm-hmm. and you saw Greg go over and get in Freddie's face like, hey, what are you doing, dude? Um, and I love the fact that he wasn't afraid to assert that sort of authority and like, hey, man, come on. We're, we're, yeah, this game looks like it's a win, but you know, don't, don't pull this cute crap out now. This is not the time for that. I thought that was very telling. I thought that was a very good sign of, of how well the team respects him because Freddie clearly got the message after that. I, I, I thought that was that's really good coaching, coaching your coaching staff. That's something that I, I didn't know that Greg Williams had in him, and I saw it. So I, I like that. I would love a, an overlord coach over them to let them do their own thing, maybe a guy who's a little bit more, I don't know, mediagenic than Greg Williams who can be a little gruff and profane and, you know, mm-hmm. like you watch Hard Knocks, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and maybe somebody who can, uh, you know, maybe play that kind of game a little bit better. Maybe be, you know, Hugh Jackson's personality and the way that he was sort of, you know, always smiling and glad handling people. There's a place for that. And, and there might be a place for that in Cleveland, just not with Hugh Jackson. So I, I'm open to that concept that you brought up there about, you know, having keeping the coordinators in place and, and working around that. Because I do think, and again, yes, Atlanta's not very good. Yes, Cincinnati's not very good. These are still games. This team would have lost those games last year, and now they're they're pacing their opponents. I think that's that that change in in and of itself is, is very resume worthy for for these two guys. Well, that's well. I mean, you go with five touchdowns yesterday, four touchdowns against Atlanta, three touchdowns against Kansas City. This is you know. It's 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 like it's raining touchdowns for this team, guys. We're going to talk a little bit more about prospective head coaches here. This is the Locked On Browns podcast. Jeff Risen here from Browns Wire in for his you know monthly sit down, uh, guys. The Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. Matt does a great job over there. His Monday shows, uh, guys like myself. I was on the Monday show this week, guys. This is like four, maybe four times now this year. The Browns have made the big show with Matt Williamson. So guys, this product, there's a lot to it. Everybody wants to hear about it. Start with Hard Knocks with the strong preseason then uh, a little bit slow starting but now obviously with the changes here made and baker full in effect and working with whatever he's given and making it good you know, we've been able to go there so the locked on nfl podcast with matt williams need the monday show you get guys like you know hosts like myself from the locked on network tuesdays you get sage rosenfels wednesdays you get mike renner from pff thursdays you get mike sando from uh espn Fridays, Matt does his big uh, pick em show, gives you the entire slate of games for the week. So, guys, uh, you know, always use the MyBookie stuff if you want picks from Matt. Jeff Risen is another one, guys. Even if you don't want Jeff's picks, just read the column that gets out about Thursday with Matt with Jeff's picks. You get music references, you get music lyrics, you get some crazy references that you probably won't have to know unless you ask Jeff about him, but he'll be certain to tell you. But the Matt Williamson Locked On NFL podcast, guys, put in the rotation. Uh, you know he's a you know big part of what we do here at Locked On, and uh, you know his show is you know, good to all of us. We all work together here at Locked On. Matt Williamson Locked On NFL podcast. Now, Jeff, as we're talking here, um, head coach, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think with the first thing you would think with Kitchens and Greg Williams. The popular name, and I mean, he's not really shying away from the fact he'd be interested. Look, you know, doctors would have to be okay with it. You know, his family, you know, whether or not he can handle coaching, you know, in the weather that's going to be in Cleveland. 
Bruce Arians seems like he'd be very interested in this type of gig, Jeff. He does, and and like you said, he isn't shying away from the fact that he's interested in the job. He, he did it from the booth, for God's sakes. <laughs> yes, he did. That was great. That was uh, that, that 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 takes some nerve. Um, I'm okay with it, and and I brought this up actually on a, on a different podcast. I. The, the parallel that I draw with him is when Dick Vermeil took over the Rams just before they became the greatest show on turf. And there was a guy who'd been out of the game for a while, a lot longer than, than Arians has. Oh, absolutely. You know, there was questions about his health. There was questions about had the game passed him by. You know, he, he was kind of a you – know, he was famous for crying after wins. Uh, that means people are like, that's not going to fly. This is, a, this is 1998, baby. Come on. <laughs> and uh, look, look what happened with that. And one of the things that, that he did was that he let Mike Martz be Mike Martz, where, you know, his offensive system with all those skill players, and, and I'll never forget the quote, every play I have is designed to score a touchdown. Um, that, that, that mentality was just fantastic, but it wasn't ready to be a head coach, and it turned out not to be a very good head coaching strategy. Uh, I, I love that. And, and he can keep the coordinators that are here. He can work with Greg Williams. He can work with, with Freddie Kitchens, you know, and, and he can handle – the, the whole game planning thing and, and doing the media thing that, that clearly Greg tolerates, but is not his favorite thing to do. And, you know, I, there's a lot of respect for Bruce Arians around and how he's developed quarterbacks, how he worked with, I mean, he made Blaine Gabbert look good in Arizona. That, that, that to me is a major accomplishment. You know, he, he won games with Drew Stanton, who's now the third stringer, can't even get on the active roster in Cleveland for good reason. Uh, he had a winning record with him last year. So I'm, I'm fine with Arians. I, I think that would be a very interesting choice, and I, I think it could work. Now, you, you realize when you're hiring him, though, it's a short-term thing. He's there two, three, maybe four years tops, and, and then he moves on. But uh, for, for this franchise, if, if that's what it takes, because I, I, I'll say this, I, the playoffs, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, folks. I know there's some people that are excited about that. They're, they're not. Next year, they should be a playoff team. And if you get in the playoffs, you can expect to try and win a game or two or three the first time you get in. Nobody thought those Rams were going to get there either. Oh, my God, they don't play defense. They're, they're, their middle liner is a 5'9 guy from John Carroll. Um, yeah, they, 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 made it, they made it happen. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm fine with that. And I, I like that analogy. I'm going to stick with it because uh, it, it works for me. Um, I, I was skeptical. Um, who's this? Who's this? Kurt Warner guy. I thought I thought Joe Germain was going to be their quarterback. Was <laughs> it Trent Green? Green right, Trent down. Green, right? Yeah, yeah. Trent Trent Green went down, and I'm like, well, Joe Germain was their backup the year before. I'm like, oh, okay, he'll get the job. I wasn't crazy about him at Ohio State, but all right. Who's this Kurt Warner guy? Wasn't he a grocery bagger and you know Iowa barnstormer or something like that? <laughs> you know that 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 kind of magic. You can see Arians. Producing that sort of thing with this team and, and the, the chemistry that's here and how all the young talent seems to like playing together. Um, and, and I think Arians has done a good job of identifying where the holes are on a team, and he and, and John Dorsey would be able to work together to fill those holes. So I, I'm, I'm all for that. It's not my only option, but it, it, i got to say it's probably my preferred option at this point. I do like the option, and but I do understand that it probably comes with a, a shelf life, and and that may be the the one hiccup, the one issue. For me, option A, and I can't get away from this. Maybe it was uh, maybe uh, you know talking with BJ Kissel when I did the show with him before the Chiefs game. Eric Bieniemy, um, Jeff, obviously you're out the you're out of the combine every year. I've talked with the running backs who have been you know, and this is based on 48 hours of being with Eric Bieniemy. 
I, I just think Eric Bieniemy is the, he's that Mike Tomlin type where he can just walk around a practice field and, oh, all right, 26 on defense. He's being lazy today. All right, let's go have a little fun with him. Or, oh, look at this, 81 on offense is having a great practice. Let's go have a little fun with him. And I, and I think Eric Bieniemy is the type of guy with this young group where they're not going to view him as 45, 46 years old. They're going to view him as one of them. And it's going to be, all right, you had a good day today. And, you, oh, son, dude, did you, why would you even bother coming to practice today? You did nothing. And, and I think he can give you the corrective amount of, I'm putting my foot in your ass, but I'm doing it because I like you. I'm doing it because I respect you. Uh, if I didn't, I would have thrown you off my practice field and your shit would have been in a bag. And I think maybe that's what these guys need with Eric B. Enemy. And look, Eric, you know, you just go from the football standpoint. Went to Colorado. It was a dog of a program. It was a dog with fleas. They took yes, it they to were. national prominence. And now, look, I mean, the way he translated the NFL, he didn't translate very well, but still found a way to stick around for seven to eight years. He's gone, done all the stops along the way. You know, and, and B.J. Kitzel telling me that, you know, Andy Reid just does his thing. He's got tunnel vision as far as his practices and just lets Eric roam around. And, you know, who's not doing enough? Who's doing, you know, who's doing good? And Eric Bannemi just goes and flows in that. And I think a guy like that with that type of personality who's been through as much football as he is, I, I, I think they would appreciate it. I think they would respect it. And they would just continue to go to battle week in, week out. For a guy like that who just brings, you know, you know, Eric is not that young as far as coaching terms are concerned, considering the fact, you know, he'd be, what, 10, 12 years older than Sean McVay. But he acts younger, and he just brings that vibe and energy with him. He does. He's an interesting candidate. He doesn't have head coaching experience, but he has a lot of coaching experience and coordinating experience in, in college and in the pros. I, I don't have a problem with him either. I will say this, though. If you're bringing in a rookie head coach to this team, you have to keep Greg Williams. You need somebody who has, who has done that job before as the assistant head coach to help him, you know, handle the things. Of, and then I'll, I'll refer to my Lions side here for a minute. I've watched Matt Patricia, who's, who's a very smart guy. He's, he's a freaking rocket scientist. He'd never been a head coach before, and it showed that, 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 that going from Jim Caldwell, who was like grandpa, but, but was a professional and understood how to coordinate practices and things like that and, and how to deal with the, the ins and outs of running a team and not just coaching the on-field product, which I don't think most fans realize how much they have to do outside of that. And I don't think Matt Patricia realized how much he had to do outside of that. And the fact that he, he didn't really have anybody with him to do that that, that, that was a, that's been a big loss for him. So I want a, an experienced coordinator in there who can do that. And I think Greg Williams is a perfect fit for that. And the fact that he's a defensive guy and the enemy is an offensive guy, yeah, I can make that work. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and that's the thing, I think, because, you know, like, I think Eric's going to be like, all right, you got that, Greg, right? All right, cool, because I really don't want to be over there. But, like, if you need me to go choose somebody out or whatever, I, I'm cool with that. But you're going to handle this part of it, right? Perfect, good, all right, we're on the same page. And I just think, you know, Eric and the type of guy and – I think it'd be a great fit, but look, with each week as this is going on, the list is going to grow because you know guys would be like, I, I would never coach the Cleveland Browns, and they're already like, wow, wow, look at it. all right. It, it, it is it is the best job available. There is no question about that, and that's not just us, you know, as people who cover the Browns saying that. 
that that's the national perception. I watched Peter Schrager say it on on NFL Good Morning Football. Yep. Uh, before before even this weekend, he's like, Browns job. That that's the one that everybody's going to want. That's that's going to be it's going to be weird having you know being the most coveted spot to go to. That's uh, that's a that's a radical change. But that that's what comes when you have a guy like Baker Mayfield who who could be could be the revolutionary player that we all desperately want him to be. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to equate this you know, like to a job, it's kind of like um, you know, you ended seventh grade and then you know the summer came and you went back to the first day of school. And the girl who had braces and was wearing glasses, always wearing a ponytail, all of a sudden the braces are off, she got contacts, there's highlights in her hair, and you and all your buddies have said, whoa, no way. Is yep. that, That's exactly <laughs> what has happened to this Cleveland Browns head coaching opportunity. It all of a sudden became, you know, the girl that nobody talked to now that everybody was going, you know, I mean, you're going to slash your boy, you're going to slash your boy's arm to get the opportunity to be first. And that's just where it's gone. I mean, it has literally gone from you know the, you know the the bulldog of the ball to the bell of the ball, so to speak. It has blossomed nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, you listen here to Locked On Browns. Jeff Risen was uh, you know kind enough to join us here again on his monthly spot. Um, guys, we went through a lot of things here. Obviously, you know the Sunday game, the victory over. Uh, you know with the I'm sorry over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know Demarius Randall. Uh, Gift wrapping a you know handoff to Hugh Jackson, basically saying that look, we're all happy that this decision happened. Good luck in Cincinnati in whatever capacity it's going to be. Uh, Cincinnati, for the love of God, will you clean house? Finally, after all these years, look at these other NFL teams and look how at least they're turning it around. For God's sakes, it's not going well for the Jets, but at least they have the quarterback. Bengals, maybe that's something you need to check out. Uh, you know, we've got into where the roster is at, Freddie Kitchens. We've gotten into Greg Williams. We've gotten into potential head coaching candidates and how attractive this job has become. Jeff, it is always a pleasure having on anybody. I love chopping it up with you. It is my my pleasure to join you, Jeff. It's uh, it, it, I, lo- I love Jeff's time. It's great. Absolutely. Big Jeff, little Jeff, it always works out well. Guys, uh, all Jeff's work, whether it's real GM, Browns Wire, Texans Wire, Lions Wire, uh, one of the hardest working guys in the game today. And uh, does it all because uh, you know uh, you know has a wife who works full time, you know two kids at home. Jeff tries does a great job of managing the gig, managing the kids, and you know the family. It's you know he's truly one of the the football writers who you know puts everything in. And guys, you don't understand that the hours that some of us put in. It is you know fourteen hours may seem between kids and work may seem like a a short day, an easy day. So go ahead and read Jeff and all the work that he does and the teams that he's got over there you know, at the wire. They do a fantastic job. Follow the Locked On Browns uh, Twitter account. Uh, the ratings, reviews, iTunes, guys, keep them coming. Uh, they only help the show's growth. And like I said, guys, as much as this show grows and as much as the product the team gives us is better, I will continuously work day in, day out to make this show as great as I possibly can for you guys. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Until we talk the next time, guys, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.